COVID-19 patients need your help. If you fully recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have the antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients recover. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today to schedule an appointment to donate blood. That's V-I-T-A-L-A-N-T dot Help save lives and schedule your appointment at Vitalant.org. You could help save lives. A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online so any small business can make a change. We need a new generation of thinking. Your way of thinking. Start different at GoDaddy.com. This is an ode to Napa Cabbage. Of all the cabbages on all the cabbage farms, only you have the crisp crunch worthy of our Bibigo Korean dumplings. No other cabbage would do, because no other cabbage tastes like you. We love you, Napa Cabbage. Just don't tell Green Onion. Napa Cabbage, one of many obsessively crafted ingredients in every hearty, flavorful Korean dumpling from Bibigo. Go handcrafted. Go Bibigo. Authentic Korean dumplings now in the freezer aisle. This is Podco Media Networks. Hi, it's Mark Reed Edwards. Welcome back to Confessions of a Marketer. Rich Lyons of Camp Gemini is in to discuss crisis management. Usually a hypothetical, but something very real these days. We'll get to that in a moment. Hope you're staying well. We're trying to make every episode as relevant as we can for the trying days we're facing. We have adjusted the schedule for the next few episodes to bring more frequent and hopefully useful information your way to help you deal with today's world. So next time I have Mark Truss, the chief research officer of Wonderman Thompson. Mark and I discuss the new anxiety index Wonderman Thompson just released. It's a very timely discussion. And soon it will be time to take a deep breath and become a mindful marketer with Lisa Norell. Lisa joins me for a fascinating and meaningful discussion. We will get back to some discussions we recorded before COVID took over our lives, and we'll have Blair Enns in to go over his win without pitching ideas. Plus, we have chats planned with Henrik Becker, Xenia Montan, Dave Woodward, Larry Ludwig, Travis Chambers, and Naira Perez. Lots more in store. If you've recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today. Okay, on to Rich Lyons. Rich is EVP Digital Customer Experience Leader for North America at Camp Gemini. He's an expert on e-commerce and the customer experience, and these days, He's specializing in crisis management. In our chat, we discuss how e-commerce is positioned in the COVID world, trends he's seeing, how the current environment is pushing digital transformations and habits, and we zero in on the grocery segment. Rich is brimming with insight, so it was a great discussion. Let's get to it. Rich, it's great to have you on Confessions of a Marketer. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks. I appreciate uh, you having me on. And before we start, can you give me your background and what your current role is? Uh, sure. So Rich Lyons, I was the founder of Lyons Consulting Group back in 2003. And then about two and a half years ago, we sold Lyons Consulting Group to Capgemini. So now mm-hmm. I've been fully integrated into Capgemini for the last two and a half years. I'm the EVP of Digital Customer Experience, also the Global Commerce Leader 
as well, you know, defining kind of our go-to-market and I lurk, work a lot with our alliances. Oh, okay, great. And what, what's your current focus at Capgemini? Currently, I really do focus on kind of go-to-market for commerce mm-hmm. and how we can really help our customers, you know, maximize their potential online. Mm-hmm. So we look kind of look across marketing, sales, service, and commerce and define that kind of customer experience globally. Like how do we create the best customer experience? Yeah, yeah. And we're here to talk about crisis management because we're, we're in the middle of one right now, aren't we? Oh my gosh, yes. And I understand you can't really comment on the COVID situation. Neither one of us is a doctor as far as I know. I'm not, you're not. But from a crisis management perspective, how is e-commerce and the customer experience space positioned to help in the current climate? You know, given what's happening and given the changes that are happening and, you know, we're talking about social distancing, uh, social distancing and other things, e-commerce is a very effective way to communicate with customers, a very effective way to help that customer if you think about it. I mean, even when I think about the last crisis that kind of impacted me back in 2008, 2009, I mean, we really saw a similar shift to e-commerce, you know, Mm -hmm. where people were focusing on how can we help? How can we generate revenue? What's the best thing that we can do right now to help meet our customers' needs? And I think, you know, especially in times of crisis, you need to look at what is essential, you know, what is most needed. And Unfortunately, from some small businesses, you know, looking at how can I stay in business and are there innovative ways and other things we can do that maybe we hadn't thought of. So, it, you know, with crisis, there's always opportunity, but that doesn't mean it's easy. Yeah. So given the, the overall kind of COVID situation, what are some new trends you're seeing in the customer experience space and how, how are they different than trends, say, from three months ago, six months ago, a year ago? Yeah, it's interesting. Like I wouldn't say necessarily they are new trends, but think about some things like buy online, pick up in store. Mm-hmm. Um, not a new concept, but gosh, not everyone embraced it, but now everyone's embracing it, right? Or wants yeah. to embrace it or wants or to. Or has to, yeah. Has to, is, I guess, is the best way to say it. Yeah. Absolutely. Because if yeah. you think about, you know, delivery can be challenging, logistics have become challenging, but if you can just offer something to a customer and have them come pick it up curbside. Why not, right? And how do you get how can you get started and how can you really get goods, you know, to the customer that they need? You know, so I've seen a lot of things that are different in terms of, you know, I don't need to have my whole catalog online, but what's essential? Or maybe I come up with bundles that are essential if you think about food, you know, that people could then come pick up. You know, so it's interesting because you're kind of going a little bit away from traditional customer experience where we're saying, let us bundle some things together because, you know, we're in desperate times. We're not going to maybe provide as much choice as maybe we had in the past, you know, so very, very different thinking. And it's kind of an interesting blending of e-commerce and brick and mortar, which used to be, at, you know, in opposition, right? And now, if you, for example, order something online and you go to the retailer, you're taking advantage of both the brick and mortar and the technology to order the item. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which at times they were very, very separate, as you can imagine. But, you know, the true omni-channel, multi-channel experience is being kind of forced right now, if you think about it. Yeah. 
it you know may change the way some brick and mortar retailers think about their business that maybe we don't need such massive stores do you think that might happen that more warehouse space will be part of a store layout and less floor space it would be interesting to see that's a very interesting thought because it could like if people get used to if this becomes the new normal who knows what things could look like right and i think you've seen certain Companies really being innovative in terms of, you know, starting online and only selling online and then opening stores, you know, which hadn't happened before. But we've seen a lot of customers going that way. And now you look at all the brick and mortars, they're being forced to go online. You know, so you could see, you know, some permanent disruption if we think about it from that perspective where, you know, maybe having a a pickup place, you know, like a distribution center, like you're saying, where you can pick pack and then someone comes pick it up curbside, you know, much more like, you know, we see in restaurants, right? Quick serve restaurant where mm-hmm. people come and you get more used to picking up because all of a sudden we're being forced to do that because it's so hard to do all these deliveries right now. It certainly feels like it's going to be months, not weeks until this situation is solved, maybe a year. Who, who knows? Let's forget about that for the moment. But businesses will have to continue working like this. And after you develop that muscle, it may be hard to go back and do it the way you were doing it. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's interesting what you're saying. I mean, the planning has definitely shifted. You know, people are looking much more day to day. They're being much more agile, much more innovative versus, you know, thinking year to year, right? We can't in this time. Things were changing so rapidly and every single day, new announcements were coming out, right? So, you know, you have to be agile and you have to be very nimble uh, to be able to respond. So your planning cycles really, really do change. And who knows what that will mean in the future? Yeah, so that's my next question is how in this environment with this just incredibly massive market disruption, how do you plan for the future when you, A, don't know what the conditions will be in two weeks, two months, two years? How how does a company approach planning? Do they do it in shorter increments? Absolutely. So as I was saying, I think it becomes much shorter, right? Because you're reacting, unfortunately, to what's happening and it's out of your control, right? So I think those planning horizons are much, much shorter. And I think you still have to keep an eye out for the future, you know, what an assumed future would be that, you know, we're assuming we'll get back to a normal, but is that going to be a new normal? So I think you keep your eye out there and still think about, okay, when we come through this, you know, what are we going to look like? Are we going to keep some of these changes? Is there an opportunity that we're forced to do? And maybe it was on our long-term planning horizon, but we've been forced to do it right now. So you still keep an eye on, hey, we are going to come through this thing. We have, you know, we all are hopeful and we all, you know, pray that we are going to come through it. But in the interim, in the short term, gosh, we have to be very nimble and agile. And if there's things we can do day to day, week to week, then we need to have to try to do them. So you see the timeframes absolutely changing. And the same with digital transformation, right? It's something that was has been a conversation piece for companies for a decade, maybe, maybe more. And it's something that they say we're doing. It's a journey. It's a marathon. Well, it just got turned into a sprint, didn't it, <laughs> by this crisis that we're in. So how are the conversations different from, say, 
when you were talking to clients in December and now when you talk to them in April or May of this year? Yeah, I agree with exactly what you're saying. It's funny, you know, people have talked about digital transformation for a long time and some companies have kind of started on that journey. Some have started crawling, you know, versus walking versus running, right? But from that perspective, you know, we're looking at nowadays, like people are looking at it kind of differently. Like digital transformation can mean, how do we get online quickly? We're not selling online right now, but so how can we do it quickly? How can we simplify it? Where when you think about digital transformation, we have these grand plans and it's a project that's gonna take years to implement, right? Now we're like, hey, wait, I need to do this in, you know, a couple months. Like how fast can I move? Because it's essential right now. And we're trying to stay in business. So it's been really, really interesting, I think, from that perspective, whereas digital transformation has become very, very fast. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think COVID-19 is creating new habits in consumers. And so their expectations are changing at the same time. What strategies do you think have you seen that companies are employing to meet those new customer demands? I think, you know, we talked about some of them, you know, when we talked about buy in line, pick up in store, because that is a new demand. I think Mm -hmm. everyone thought it's, you know, people are sitting at home and they're going to wait for their package to come. But when you think about grocery and you think about food and these essentials, you know, you have perishables. It's much harder to think through this kind of delivery paradigm, right? So I think people are thinking differently. People are thinking about essentials and think about that now you're having limits put on quantities of things you can buy. Like when did that happen before? I mean, you, you kind of wanted to sell as much as you could. You know, so Maybe I think with that, be- Beanie Babies or some toy like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> past, I remember right? that. Yeah, I remember that where people would put limits. But think about it with food. You didn't often yeah. see limits being put on people. So I think, you know, people are – there's effective strategies going on, some interesting things to try to serve, you know, maybe the handicapped or the elderly, right? I mean, because it's tougher for them to get into stores and all that, you know, so I think it's very – challenging. So I I do see, you know, some strategies changing, you know, some more creative thinking, some more innovation than we've seen before because it's being forced, you know? So that's why I think when we come through this, it will be really interesting because there is going to be this new normal and who knows what these, you know, strategies are going to look like, right? Yeah. And I I think one of the things that it puts a huge demand on is just the back-end inventory systems for a store, right? Absolutely. So if you want uh, lettuce or if you want toilet paper or you want bread and you go on, you know, a website to find it, whether it's Walmart or, you know, it could be any number of stores and it says there are 10 loaves of bread, and uh, maybe you put it in your cart and you go and go and get it. Or, you know, you say, OK, there are 10. I'm going to go buy some. And you get there and there's none there. You know, that in an ordinary time is like, oh, well, too bad. But having an accurate count seems to be, at least to me, for the consumer and for the retailer to be a huge deal. Absolutely. So if you think about it, there's different strategies going on, which before would have been kind of much more of a negative customer experience, right? Like think about substitutions for what you're talking about. Like you want a certain type of bread, but they decide to substitute something else and you're very angry, right? Because 
you know, you didn't, you wanted a certain type of bread, but now, you know, with these current demands and this current crisis, I think people are much more open, right? (laughs) Because they just want to get some food to your point versus not getting any. So there's definitely challenges in terms of inventory, uh, definitely challenges in terms of logistics and keeping it correct, right? Because if you think about grocery stores, I mean, you have shelves and there's all this food on the shelves. What's in the back room? How do you know what you have, you know, when people are ordering, you know, and it becomes much more important given the volume that is now happening because, you know, most, most of these grocers and other companies, you know, we're, we're more used to someone coming into the store, right? Yeah. I mean, obviously having an, having an experience, right? Absolutely. And you assume they're going to buy more, you know, if you think about it, because you're walking up and down the aisles and then you have things at the register. So you're hoping for a lot of upsell and other things. Um, But now it's like you're saying, the paradigm has shifted a little bit because we're in a crisis, you know? So from a crisis perspective, you think a little differently in terms of, Hey, can we bundle together some essentials? Can we put together some certain things that we know people need right now and make it easily available? My next question is about the customer experience for uh, grocery stores specifically, but my thought is it's gone from being a customer experience to being more transactional. It's like, I need these products and I want them outside the store when I get there or delivered or whatever. The, and, and the experience is just being able to get home. Right? Yeah. I mean, that, that seems to me what the, uh, the the equation has changed significantly. Yeah, and isn't that a, you know interesting as we're discussing it? Because usually when you think about customer experience in the past, you know you're worried about everything going perfectly and they're having a beautiful customer experience. You know when they're ordering online and they're getting all their products and it's delivered. You know at the right time and the delivery slot that they chose and and that's the customer experience. But now the customer experience is you can't find certain things. Uh, you can't get yeah. the delivery slot or even the pickup slot. Like I've heard stories about, you know, specific to groceries where, you know, it's days and days and days before you can even get a slot. Yeah. And it might be a store that's very far away. But, you know, we, the customers, we're willing to do that because we're in a crisis. Right. So I think it's, you know, it's definitely much more of a challenge when you think about grocery and you think about, you know, quick serve restaurant, I'll put kind of in the same thing where people are changing to think about how can we serve more people and do it more quickly? Because even we have a a customer who's a grocer that they can't fulfill quickly enough because of some of the rules with social distancing. So think about having to keep six feet apart, you know, within a warehouse, Um, you know, that's going to slow you down. You can't have that many people there because everyone has to stay apart, you know, so even though you're getting more orders than you probably have ever seen, it's becoming harder to fulfill those orders because, you know, some of the, you know, restrictions, which I think rightly so what they were having these restrictions, but, you know, to keep people safe, but it definitely limits, you know, some of the flow. So as I said, you know, within grocery, you know, your question, we've seen some really interesting things in terms of, you know, think about coming up with what's essential. So maybe you come up with a, you know, box of fruit or a bag of fruit or a bag of vegetables or a mm-hmm. bag of red meat or a bag of fish where you, you start packaging things together a little differently. 
you know, to make it easier. Mm -hmm. So instead of, you know, you have to go through and pick every single thing you want and the grocer isn't ready for that and they can't get all of those SKUs online quickly, why not come up with, you know, this concept? Think about it, you know, within retail, people are used to getting, you know, boxes of goods and, you know, things sent to them and they pick what they like and right. pick what they don't. So I think we're in a, you know, the consumer is at least, you know, open to that and thinking about it. So and that gives the grocer an ability to pick things more quickly, to package things up more quickly, to stage things more quickly, because they don't have to look for as many things. Like you, you, you're going online and for $25, you're going to buy this uh, bag of vegetables and another $25, you're going to buy this bag of fruit. You may not be exactly sure what's in it, but you know, it's going to have these things. Now the grocer, yeah. you, they could pick that much more quickly than, you know, I want a granny Smith apple. I want an organic banana. I want, you know, my point, you know, so I think, I yeah, think people yeah. are innovating and, and it's funny because you would say, well, that customer experience isn't as good, right? Because you're not getting exactly what you want. But on the other side, the customer experience is great because that person couldn't get anything, you know, so it's right. really changing. Yeah. It's really changing yeah. <laughs> expectations, you know, which is interesting. I'm, I'm sure expectations will go back up, <laughs> you know, but right now I think, you know, everyone has kind of calmed their expectations down given, you know, being in a crisis. I think you, you mentioned fast, casual restaurants, I, I guess like Applebee's and so forth. They were almost already tooled up for this because they have that curbside pickup. They probably just needed to reassign their their workforce to focus more on that. Do you think that that that's going to change the nature of restaurants like that? You know, even after we're through the age of COVID, that we will see more fast casual restaurants with less dining space and more facility for curbside pickup or delivery? That's an interesting question. I, I do think, you know, I'll speak for myself, but, you know, I like to go out. I think people still like to to go out. And mm -hmm. I think especially, you know, during a crisis when people are kind of confined, I think people will really appreciate being able to get out of their homes, right? And and be able to go to the office again and go to a restaurant and, and kind of have a, a change of scenery. But I do agree with you. I think you're, you know, all of a sudden we're creating a capability that didn't exist before for, you know, some restaurants had it, but other restaurants did not. They didn't have, maybe they had carry out, but you had to call on the phone and sure. place yep. an order and go do carry out. But to actually, you know, kick that up and kick production up because that's all you can do. So now you want yeah. to launch a, web, a website and you don't have to call. You, you know, you launch a website, you place your order, you schedule when you want to pick it up and you go pick it up and someone gives it to you at the curb. You know, so I absolutely think, you know, some of these industries, grocery, you know, quick serve restaurant, I think they will be transformed and not to say like, you know, people weren't doing it, but I think we're increasing the capacity for sure. Yeah. Well, Rich, it was great to have you on continued health and uh, let's talk after this is all over and maybe look back and gain some perspective on on what uh, this all will look like then. No, that would be great. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate the uh, conversation and good health uh, to you as well. And hopefully it'll be soon when we have that uh, subsequent uh, conversation. <laughs> yeah, let's hope so. Thanks so much. Thank you. All right. Next time, Mark Truss on the Anxiety Index. 
Confessions of a Marketer is a trademark of Podco Media Networks, and this episode is copyright 2020. I'm Mark Reed Edwards. Stay healthy and see you next time. Thank you.